0: So tonight, uh, welcome, we got a teaching by uh, Lindsay and Eleni on Abraham, good old Honest Abe. Tonight, after the teaching, it is a fun night. Oh, wow. Oh, no. It is Justin's. It's pretty awful. It's pretty awful. Justin's awful trivia that you will will fail at. Everybody will fail at.
1: Totally random, and the points don't matter. You're not scared. I mean, they count. They count.
0: But you'll fail. You'll fail. That's the point. It's fun, I promise. Um, And then Saturday, remember that CT is now at 5 o'clock from now on. 5 o'clock
2: for everybody. 5 o'clock, yep.
0: Yeah, because there's only one Saturday CT now. So it's 5 o'clock. And afterwards, we're going to be going to the Baker's, not these Baker's. For the cornhole, it's here. It's here. It's here. Oh, it's here. Actually, it's here. We're coming here for a cornhole tournament and hot dogs. Yes. Yes. And then Sunday is the chili cook-off round two. Everybody got their practice on for ours. Yeah. Now you got the real thing. I don't know if they have as many good, uh, good medals. Bob, you might get another three medals. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, LTC final this week. No! (laughs) No!
3: Not this week. Not this week.
0: All right, Lindsay.
4: Yeah, so, hi, I'm Lindsay, in case you don't know me. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Hi. Uh, And so, tonight we're going to talk about Abraham, but... Before that, I wanted to talk to you guys about this new show that I found out about. It's called Love is Blind. Yes. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, the show is um, the, the point of the show is where you have like 14 different people who never of different sexes who never see each other and they meet in these little pods with a wall in between and they go on dates for like 10 hours and they have 10 days and at the end of the 10 days they propose or not and um it's kind of crazy uh you must (laughs) (laughs) right but these people must have a lot of faith that this is going to work. They're going to build these amazing, deep emotional relationships that aren't based on looks. Right? That's, that's what we all want, is like a relationship where people love us for us. And so I, I want to bring up season two. Um, so I found out about this couple. It's
5: <laughs>
6: uh,
4: yeah. I I have not.
6: <laughs> They're,
4: on They're on season three because people love to watch trash. Um, but so in season two, there's specifically this couple, uh, Deepdy and De- De- Deepdy De and Shake and <laughs>
3: which
4: is which? Yeah, <laughs> Depe- De and Shake. So, um, Deep. De- they met, uh, they were talking in these pods, uh, Shake proposed, um, they saw each other for the first time, they had this great connection. After that, they have a month to figure out if they want to go through with this wedding. And the whole point of the show is that it's not about your looks, but- Right. <laughs> right? right, But that was uh, Shake's problem. He saw that Deepti was not physically attractive, and...
2: Does he want on the left?
4: Yeah, yeah. He said that she's not physically attractive, and that um, he, he, made, she made, he made a lot of comments about her body, and uh, yeah, but he was willing to go through with a marriage to her. And she was the one who said, no, I've seen a lot of evidence that you don't love me. So I'm not going to go through with this. But this is what the world thinks of faith. You have to have faith in these relationships. You have to have faith and just believe and make it work. But this isn't what the Bible talks about is faith. And... I think that's something we should think about. And, and why is faith even important? Why should we care? Before we jump into that, can I have a couple people pray? Lord, I just thank you so
7: much for getting us together tonight. Um, I pray that you could just be speaking powerfully through the and I
6: and that the mm-hmm. Holy
5: Spirit would just be here as sort we're of studying your Lord, for Yeah, God, you want to change our hearts. We want to change our lives. Um, and so I, I pray that as we come to this passage that we've maybe seen before, that we would uh, try and come to it as if it was the first time we would come to it. And I pray that our hearts would be open to your word, that you would uh, we'd be willing to have you teach us and train us, that you would tell us about what love is.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: I guess specifically about what your love is and how, uh, how wonderful that is and how uh, not fickle. Uh, your love is now not dependent on our looks your love is yeah you'd be shaping us to follow you and, and uh strengthening our faith tonight
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. father um i just want to thank you that uh you talked to us about what faith is and uh how you love us with that how that relationship works um I just pray that Eleni and I can get out of your way, that you can be speaking through us, and that uh, we can have a really cool time talking about this tonight. Amen? Okay, so let's go back. Why is it important to even talk about faith? Well, can someone read Hebrews eleven six for me? Without faith it is impossible to
5: please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of
4: those who seek him. So we're all out of Bible study, <laughs> so you're at least interested in God. Maybe you have a relationship with him. Maybe you're figuring out what that means. Um, but God says that it's impossible to please God without faith. And so that's, that's pretty important. That's something that he is, uh, places a high value on. So before we get into what faith is, let's talk about what it isn't. So first, it's not a feeling. It's not this confidence that something's true because I think it is or because I want it to be true. Um, It's not blind faith. Uh, You know, something that's just subjective, like art you know, if art is good or not is based on what you think or what you believe. Um, and we know that it's neither of these things because of Hebrews 11.1. Can someone read that?
1: Now faith is the sub- substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.
4: Right. So it's the evidence Of things not seen. We aren't supposed to base our faith just on feelings or hopes or wishes, but on evidence. If we go back to our example, Dee was trying to trust this feeling. She was trying to go through with this and walked up to the altar and said, no, this evidence is too much. I cannot go through with this. And so evidence is something that we should have and something that it's good. But is that all faith is? Um, is it just, I know these facts, I have this evidence, like Abraham Lincoln. I know he's a well-documented figure, so therefore I have faith he existed. Um, that is what we call mental assent. Another thing that faith is not. Um, just because we have evidence that something is true doesn't mean that it didn't exist before. Uh, my favorite um, is the most recently discovered species is the rose-veiled fairy Ras, I don't know. Um, but so it was first discovered in the 90s and everyone thought it was this adult form of another fish but in 2022, it was found to be its own distinct species. And so what does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Well, uh, these distinct uh, differences that make this species separate still existed in the 90s. They were still real. Just because we didn't know about it doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Um, And that's how God is too. There is a ton of evidence for him, but he still exists whether we believe him or not. And honestly, it's one of those things that uh, there is enough evidence that even Satan believes in God. Uh, Can someone read James 2.19 for me? You believe that God is one. You do well,
3: but even the demons believe in
4: shudder. Yeah, so just believing that God exists isn't really faith. That is something that is similar to the demons. They know he exists, but they do not honor him as God. They do not place him in this high respect. So then what is biblical faith? Can someone get James 2.14 and 17 for me?
3: What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself.
4: Okay. So, there's an action to this faith. It's more than just believing. Faith is an attitude of willingness based on God's truth. A willingness to trust through action. And this is something that has risk to it. Um, you know, when, when we say trust, I, I think of a trust fall. You actually go through with it and fall to see if someone's going to catch you. Um, you don't just fake that. Uh, but that's action that you're using to show your trust. And so this faith that we're talking about, Is something that we can grow. It's like a muscle. Um, The more you use it, the more opportunities you have for it, uh, the bigger your faith grows. And we get to see a great example of this in our study tonight of the father of faith, Abraham. And so we're going to get three glimpses into Abraham's life. Um, Our first one. Oh, wait. Our first one is uh, Genesis 12, two through three. And last week, Angie and Jamie taught over this, where it was um, Abraham's call to go. So just to recap, get us back into the story a bit. Abraham was a moon worshiper. Um, He was called by God to leave his family, his country, and go to a place that God will show him. And he follows through with that. And where we leave Abraham was that God promised he would bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. And he was making altars in the desert in the places God left him. And Abraham was doing pretty well. In the New Testament, it says this about Abraham. Can someone read that for me?
6: What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and
4: Yes. So Abraham was counted as righteous because of his faith. And I want to make it clear to everyone tonight that we have this opportunity too. That God looks at us the same way as Abraham based on our faith. If we have faith in God and believe in God and trust him, we can have that righteousness too. Um, Specifically in Jesus' death on the cross. It says in 2nd Cor 521, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. So if you don't know Jesus, um, I just want to encourage you to think about that. Think about what his death on the cross means. And if you believe it, if you trust it, because uh, God wants to count you as righteous. So, okay, again, we left Abraham. He's making altars, doing pretty good. What happens next? Well, um, he went out into the land and there was a famine. So he left to go to Egypt where there was food. And immediately, what happens? Can someone read this verse for me?
2: When the Egyptians see you, They will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well. For your sake and for my life, will be spared because of you.
4: Okay, so they're going into the land of Egypt, and Abraham stops and talks to his wife and says, you're so beautiful, you're so gorgeous, they're going to see you and want you and kill me. So say you're my sister. And, you know, you might be thinking like, oh, okay, this isn't really a big problem, right? Well, let's see what happens next. Can someone read 14 through 16? When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarah was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and right? So... <laughs> yeah, that's what happened, was it became prostitution. This is a trade-off. Okay, you can have my wife and I get all of these like really nice things. And that, that sounds awful. Um... Put it that way. <laughs> I know, right? Um... Is God into this? Is God about this? Well, no. Um, Can someone read 17 through 19 for me?
7: But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then? Here's your wife. Take her and go.
4: Right. So God's not down with this. Doesn't think this is cool. Immediately causes some intervention to remedy this situation. And I think that actually we're a lot like Abraham in this situation. Um, You know, he had an immediate failure. He completely forgot the promise that I will bless those who bless you and curse those who cursed you. He promised that he would bless all the nations through Abraham. That's kind of hard to do when you're dead. It just doesn't really work, right? Um, He forgot that God would protect him, forgot his promises. But this is an opportunity where he can strengthen this faith muscle and see even when I mess up, God comes through. God is faithful to me. I know, again, this, I said that I'm kind of like this. Um, we bought a house recently, uh, and it took us eight months. And so for me, this was really difficult. Um, I felt like I saw other people getting houses. It's was like, oh God, why don't you want me to have one? Um, our budget changed a couple times because the market changed a couple times. And I was like, oh, well, if I just do this, then I can get a bigger house. I can have a house quickly. I'm not going to be homeless, like very stressed out. Um, and I really forgot that like God wanted to provide for me. Uh, and it ended up working out really well because while we didn't have a house at the end of our lease, uh, the Lord provided some really sweet friends who let us live with them. And uh, it ended up being mostly a good time. There were some normal roommate things that came up, but, you know, um, God really took care of us. They, they gave us really cheap rent. They, they let us live with them. And um, it was a really big sacrifice. And so God works with us, not because we're perfect. Actually, he's working with us because we're willing, willing to trust him. Um, Even though Abraham did all of this, he was still considered righteous. And so, okay, he just got kicked out of Egypt and he goes and lives a nomadic life. 10 years Go by. It's 10 years later, and Abraham starts to really grow unsure. He hasn't seen his promises fulfilled. He hasn't done, he hasn't been blessed the way that God has talked to him about. Um, And so God meets him where he's at. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So the first thing he says is do not fear. Why? I think it's easy to be like, I'm getting older. These things aren't happening. Is God with me anymore? I'm not married. I don't have a kid. I don't have a house. I'm not leading. I don't have this job that I wanted or this promotion or You know, the family life I was thinking I was building. But God responds by offering comfort. I am your shield, your very great reward. This is an invitation to come into this relationship where God wants to protect us. We carry a lot of weight on our shoulders and God wants to take it from us and he wants to give us so much more than we ever expect or think will happen. And we need God to be our shield. This world is broken and we're going to suffer. But we can either suffer under his shield or we can suffer on our own. You know, you saw Abraham earlier. He suffered because he made his own decisions. He did not trust God, didn't believe him, and caused suffering for himself and for his wife. Um, but you can also suffer under God's protection, trusting him, believing him. That is how we are credited to be righteous, because of our belief. And so this is where Abraham gets to finally respond. And that's what Eleni's going to talk about.
7: All right. <clears throat> thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. So uh, before I jump in real quick, uh, can someone be my Genesis reader? Like, I, I don't know if you saw at the beginning, we're going to like Genesis 21. <laughs> we got a lot of ground to cover. So can I have someone be my Genesis reader, please? All right, Brenda, thank you. Um, and then we have a bunch of other things. Now, I, I do need... I need a volunteer, like a couple volunteers maybe, for, for uh, later on. Can I get, like, two people? Okay. All right. We got Terry. We need one other person. Uh, All right. Awesome. So we've got two people. John probably, that would be and Terry. More careful, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. All right, cool. So... It has been 10 years. All right, 10 years. That's what Lindsay just said. And there's still no air. There's still no land. And like Lindsay was saying, Abraham's unsure. And the cool thing is he doesn't run. He doesn't like sit outside at the campfire every night just moping about what's going on. Instead, he goes and he talks to God. Uh, Brenda, can you go ahead and read verses 2 to 3 in Genesis 15?
3: Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is
7: uh, Eliezer? Eliezer,
3: thank you. Abram also said, since you have given me no son, one who has been born is my heir.
7: All right, so Abraham's like confused and he communicates that confusion to God. He's like, you promised me these things, but I don't have them. Is this guy going to be my heir, the heir that you promised? I don't understand God. What's really cool is that we we can see that Abraham built this relationship with God, that he had a relationship where he looked at God like his father. And he's like, "Hey man, I don't what is going on? I don't understand." And it's really cool um being a parent now, like we have Sophia who's talking and she, she like asks all of the questions. She's not quite to the why phase yet of life, but she does go, uh, what dad? What dad? What dad?" all the time. All right? And so Last weekend was Halloween, right? And you have this little child who is now terrified of skeletons and people in masks. And like, we're going trick-or-treating and there's this like 10-foot skeleton just looming over the street. And she goes, Mama, up! And I pick her up and she's like literally cowering in my chest. And she just goes, Mama, what? Dad? What? Dad? And so and I'm... Hey, it's not real. This is just a skeleton. You know, you are safe. I've got you. You are safe. You're in my arms. Mommy has you. You know. And eventually, she got to the point where she could walk past it. Like, albeit, she's literally like,
6: mm-hmm. entire time
7: going to get this stuff. But it's so beautiful because she trusts me. She trusts Justin. She trusts the people around her that we're going to take care of her. And so she feels comfortable showing that fear, asking. What is this monstrous thing? <laughs> and being there. And that's what God wants from us. Because faith isn't not ever having any kind of questions. That's not what faith is. And it's, it's having those questions, those fears, those, those things that you're not sure about, and taking them to God. But also trusting that God's going to answer them and is going to communicate with you. Isaiah 118 says, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They are, though they are red as like crimson, they shall become like wool. Let us reason together. Let's talk about it. Interact with me. Converse with me. Talk with me. I want to come alongside you. So Abram did. And God doesn't sit there and like say, how dare you question my authority? That's not what God does. Instead, he says this.
3: Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be.
7: So instead of condemning Abraham for having questions and uncertainty and fear, he says, no, I'm going to make this promise to you. Look up into the sky. Can you count those stars? That's how many descendants you're going to have. And I don't know about you guys, but that's one of my favorite parts about camping is being able to go out and like, look at the sky without all this light pollution. There are these things called dark parks um, in Ohio and all across the United States. There's one, um, Lindsay really wants me to plug, called Cherry Creek State Park um, in Pennsylvania. It's really beautiful, supposedly. I have never seen it. The closest thing I've got is I was, um, when I was younger, my entire life, we went to this lake house in Michigan in the middle of nowhere michigan and at night you could just see the the lake reflecting all of these beautiful stars it was absolutely gorgeous and you can't count them all there's so many and that's really beautiful and what does abraham do with this response he doesn't hear it and go oh okay god i'm like really old now okay you're gonna give me all right that many descendants sounds good not at all not at all instead he says this
3: and Abram- declared him righteous because of his faith.
7: Abraham believed God. And this word for belief in the original translation actually means to stand firm, to be certain. So he is completely confident in God's word. He heard it from God and said, "Yes, I am confident that you are going to do this for me. I believe you." Regardless of his situation, he knew what God was saying to be true and that God was going to make it happen. And so like Lindsay was talking about earlier, to be made righteous before God is really to be made right and right standing before God. Because God's standard is perfection. You know, as humans, we're not perfect. We're just not. And it's not possible for us to be perfect. We need God for that. And it's not that Abraham was perfect or that he was righteous on his own. We literally just saw that he prostituted his own wife. He was a liar, and he was a coward, and yet he was righteous before God. He was declared righteous by God, the same way that we today can be declared righteous. It's all about faith. It's all about the decision to trust, to be certain in God, to trust him. So then, God is like, okay, we're going to take this promise of these descendants, and I am going to make a covenant with you. So this is what Angie and Jamie were talking about last week. God made a covenant with Abraham. He's, it's a Remember, it is a contract. It is a legal, do, like not document, because they didn't physically sign anything, but it is a legal matter where they're like, this is going to happen. So I'm going to summarize verses 9 through 18, because like I said, we're going to be going everywhere. Um, so Abraham cuts up a bunch of animals in half and lines them up in a row, all right? Lots of them. So there's blood and guts everywhere. You can't just, like, <coughs> all of a sudden God. They're, they're everywhere, right? There's lots of blood, lots of guts, lots of gross stuff. Um, Abraham then falls asleep, and God walks between these carcasses alone by himself. Um, And, like, when people would make these kind of covenants, because this isn't just, like, a God thing where God's like, oh, I'm going to, like, make a covenant with you. Here's what it is, and this is what it's like. This is, like, a Near East ancient activity that people would practice that people would be familiar with. So they would be, like, walking between these carcasses with their feet squelching in this blood with a smell of dead animals all around them as a good reminder to say, may God do this to me if I break my word. You know, sometimes I wish landlords would have, like, done this and had a better understanding of a contract. But, you know, you can't choose that. So, God chooses to walk alone. Normally, both parties. This time, it's just God. But why is that? It's because God is saying it's all on him to make this covenant happen. It is not based on anything that Abraham has to do or not do. It is only up to God to make this happen. Which means that it's an unconditional covenant. There are no conditions on it. And it's just like the one that we have with Christ now. Could someone read Luke 22, verses 17 through 20? I know the place is <coughs> kind of small. A little small. Not when you've I-
5: taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, Now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is being given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood.
7: Christ died so that we could have a relationship with him. He created a new covenant where he did it all. He died a very painful death. He took on all of our sins so that we didn't have to, so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be made right before God. And so it's not that we were perfect. In fact, it was because we are imperfect that Christ decided to do this. So even if we don't have all of the answers, we have the opportunity to take part in this new covenant that Christ created for us. We can ask for his death on the cross to count for us so that we can have a relationship with him, so we can have our sins be dealt with in the sight of God, so that we can be righteous before him. Even if we blow it. Because Abraham is not perfect after this point either. So even if we blow it, even if we betray God or we screw up in some way, it doesn't matter because this is an unconditional covenant. It has already been taken care of. There is nothing that we could do to screw it up. How beautiful is that? He's never going to reject us. In 2 Timothy 2.3, we're told, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And so we get to see Abraham's faith, his choice to trust in God that God is going to make this covenant happen. And he has made right with God. He's declared as righteous. And then more time passes. Like a lot of time. And it's not just like weeks and then she's not pregnant. It's not just like months and then Sarah's not pregnant. And it's, it's not just years. But it's a very, very long time at this point. At this point, Abraham is 86 years old. And Sarah is 76 years old. They're not exactly in their childbearing prime. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. And so Sarah's like, all right now, in Genesis 16, we see it. I'm not going to read it to you because, again, we've got a lot to cover. All right? But she's like, okay, um, hmm, it's been a very long time. I'm super old. You're super old. But we know it's easier for a super old dude to get a woman pregnant. So what we're going to do is I have this really young, hot Egyptian handmaiden. All right? Her name's Hagar. You're going to sleep with her. She gets pregnant. Bob's your uncle. We got an heir. Bam. That's what we're going to do. That's obviously what God was talking about. Clearly how it's going to work out. Okay, like. and, and Abraham's like, all right, cool. Sounds good. So he sleeps with Hagar. And she gets pregnant. And she has a baby boy. And they name him Ishmael. All right? And so Abraham then meets with God again. And he's like, God. I did it! Do you see? I have a little boy! Yay! This is awesome! And God's like, huh, about that. Brenda, can you read Genesis 17, verse 18 for me, please?
3: And Abraham said to God, Yes, may Ishmael enjoy your special blessing, but God replied, Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my everlasting covenant with him. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked.
7: So God's like, hmm. no, no, that was all in you, dude. That's not the fulfillment that I was talking about. That's not the promised kid. It has to be the child that I told you was going to happen the way I told you it was going to happen. And I told you that Sarah is going to have a baby and she is going to have a son and you're going to name him Isaac. That is going to happen. This is not the fulfillment of the promise. And so, More time goes by. 14 more years go by. And still no baby. Still no land. All right. Abraham is in his 90s. Sarah is in her 80s. It has been a very, very long time. And they are still acting in faith. All right, they're still being faithful and they're still trying, all right, trying to make a baby. If you don't know what that means, you should ask someone else. So (laughs) imagine what that would be like. Imagine. To have this promise, it would be so easy for Abraham and Sarah to be like, man, if God wanted you to have a son, he would have made it happen already. I'm gonna go back to Ur. I'm gonna go back to this moon god dude. It would be so easy for them to just be like, it has been so much time. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. What is the point of waiting for so long? Well, the thing is, God's not torturing Abraham. He's not st- sadistic. God is strengthening Abraham's faith. So Terry and John, can you come up here for a sec? <laughs> So have either of you? I'm assuming you guys have lifted weights before. You're strong. Enough. Well, you're strong. All right, ready? So what I want you to do is these are just 25 pounds. It's just 25 pounds. All right. So what I want you to do is a Zottman curl. All right. I want a Zopman. I want you to lift it up. Okay. Turn your arm. Oh. And then slowly bring it back down.
5: Okay.
7: Can you do that 10 times?
5: Probably
7: not. 10 times. All I want you to do is just try. Ready? Go one.
5: Up, twist, turn. Twist,
7: and then slowly.
5: Slow. Slowly.
7: Two. All right, we got two for you. All right. I've got a question. Yes. What does your bicep feel like right now? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> How, well, it's fine? Completely? All right, look at you guys go. That would hurt me. It does hurt me, because I'm not as strong as you. All right, but if you were to do this for, say, 100 times, how do you think it would feel? I couldn't do it. What would happen? How would your bicep feel? What do uh, you think it would
5: feel? like? You broke it.
7: Like you broke it? Would, it? How do you mean? It would, burn. it would burn. Okay.
5: Um. It would get hot.
7: It would physically. It would get
5: um, hot. It would physically hurt. It would. It
7: would. It would. It would
5: and
7: tomorrow I'm going to be able to drink my coffee. You would not be able to. You have to use your other hand to drink your coffee. You have to use your other hand. Okay, so the reason I'm having these guys lift this weight is because that is exactly what faith is.
1: When we are waiting for
7: these things, we are working out that faith muscle. And when you're working out, you are literally tearing your muscle apart so that you can build stronger, new muscle. Are you guys at 10 now? I stopped counting.
1: Yeah, I'm done. <laughs>
7: Thank you guys. Beautiful. So much stronger than I am. That would hurt my arm very much. So who did I, do you guys know who this guy is?
1: Yes. CT <laughs>
0: trainer. Yeah. CT who? I command you to grow. I command you to what? Grow.
7: Grow. Okay. So there are some um, people that I know, namely, okay, he's not here, so I'm going to say Rich.
1: Um, there's this guy
7: named Rich that you guys all know because he's all part of this home church who listens to CT Fletcher um, while he's working out doing something that I call Armageddon. He calls something else. Okay, but he like literally listens to this guy. And this guy's like, I command you to grow. And then he's like, in the video, he's looking at this giant bicep that has like a ton of veins that are popping out. And then he like cusses at his bicep. He's like, I command you to grow, mother bleeper. I'm like screaming at the sun. All right, because he wants to grow. He wants to be bigger. He wants to have, be stronger. But this is what God wants for us. Not necessarily like to actually lift that much weight, but that'd be cool (laughs) if we could. But he wants to strengthen our faith. He wants us to be strong in our faith. And so this act of waiting that Abraham's taking part of was to strengthen that so that he could grow and become stronger because he's the father of faith. Romans 4, 19 through 21 says, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though he knew that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100 and that Sarah, his wife, had never been able to have children. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was absolutely convinced that God was able to do anything he promised. So it's not enough that we want to do God's will. We need to do it in dependence on him. He has to give us his power to do his will. And faith isn't just self-discipline. Even though self-discipline would be really, is a good thing, can be a really good thing, we can change our outward behavior. But our outward behavior doesn't change our heart. And we can't change our own heart because that's where all the deception and the gross stuff lives, is in our heart. And we can't change it on our own. We need his power to do it. And so faith is an attitude of trust that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Not what I think he should do, but what he says he is going to do for us. So at this point in Abraham's life, all right, he comes back. It's been a long time, all right? And God comes back, and he tells Abraham this because he's waited even longer. Go ahead, Brenda.
3: Will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to
7: you at this season next year. Man, this had to have been amazing news. They have waited for so long at this point, and he says, "This is it. You're in the home stretch. By this time next year, you're gonna have a baby. You're gonna have a little boy named Isaac. Get busy, busy. (laughs) all right? Abraham's ninety-nine, Sarah is eighty-nine, and." that's pretty much a miracle for an 89 year old to get pregnant and have a baby. That's miraculous. So I'll read this one. Friend. <laughs> this is, so the Lord, then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. And at the point time which God had spoken to him, Abraham named his son who was born to him, the son whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now Abraham was a 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I've given birth to a son in his old, in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham held a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. There was a big old baby party. Had a huge party. Because God fulfilled his promise. He said, here's your child. So then what can we take away from this? Faith is not perfection. And you know, We can fear. We can question. Just like Abraham did. We can even mess up we can screw up. Abraham did, and he was still considered the father of faith. Faith is confidence in God, that he will do what he promises. They waited 25 years for this promise. 25 years. Faith is confidence that God's going to act on what he says he's gonna do. It gives us assurance about the things that we can't see. It's choosing to wait on God, to act on those promises. Even when there's things, we have to wait a long time, work those muscles. So we have options. We can either be like Abraham when he had Ishmael, or we can be like Abraham when he had Isaac. With Ishmael, that's all through human effort. It's all about you, you doing yourself. you doing whatever it is that you want to do so you can get the things that you want all about human speculation it's all about deciding hey man this is what god actually means instead of looking at his word for what his word means it's the quick fix or you can be like isaac relying on god's power god's revelation waiting on god you know i've done both um when i was waiting for marriage justin and i have been together for 13 years at this point um when we were dating i was like it was i graduated college and i'm like come on dude We have been together for like five years now. What is going on? And I was so impatient and so ready to just make it happen. So mad. And as a result, I was a whiny little baby. And I was a brat. And I made things horrible. There were so many instances where friends got engaged or were getting married, and I could not be happy for them. I made dates that would have been so much fun. Absolutely horrible because I'm throwing a fit because I'm not engaged. I was a little brat. I was sad. I was disappointed. I was angry for a really long time. I would advise not to do that. I was not waiting on God's God's timing. I was trying to force my way to happen. And it turned out, when we got married, it was actually a really good thing that we waited so long. It was really good for our marriage. You know, I struggled. I still struggle. I'm not perfect. Um, Happened again when I was waiting for a house. Happened again when I was waiting to have a kid. I still struggle. You know, we waited for for to ha- get pregnant for a while. We saw our friends getting pregnant really quickly, and we're like, man, why isn't this happening? But it was different this time. Instead of being angry with God and frustrated, I said, Lord, I want this to happen in your time. I want this baby to be here when it's best for you, Consi- like, in your opinion, not in mine. I would love this. I want a child. But Lord, please make it happen with your timing. Make this evident. Make it happen when you're in control, not us. And it turned out that our timing for having Sophia was perfect. We found out I was pregnant right after Justin got a brand new job where he got a raise, which was huge. We found out we got pregnant and had a baby in the middle of a pandemic, which sucked, but it was really freaking good for our family because I got to be home my last trimester, which was really painful for me (laughs) physically. You know, Justin got to be home after the baby was born, for so much longer than we ever could have anticipated it. Ever. When I went back to work, we didn't have to deal with child care because Justin got to watch our little girl and work. How beautiful is that? I was able to take the time to be able to find a new job, so I wasn't driving 45 minutes two ways to go to work. And I get to be at home with Sophia. If we had tried to force that earlier, I don't think that this job would have been there for me. Waiting on God's timing was worth it. It was worth it. But the thing is, having faith first depends on you knowing God and who God is. It's placing that personal trust in someone who deserves it, who's worthy of that trust, like God. God fulfills his promises. He does what he says he's going to do. And so if you don't have a relationship with God, I want to encourage you to investigate who he is, why he can be trusted. Look at the prophecies that have been fulfilled choosing make that choice to place your trust in him because we like abe have uh, the chance to listen and to follow god by faith and so i want to ask you if you do have a relationship with god is there anything that god's trying to call you to do are there any steps that you're sort of avoiding taking or are there things that you're trying to push forward and running against a wall because maybe it's not in god's time my question for you is how are you going to respond so that's all Lindsay and I had for tonight. Do you guys have any examples uh, of living in faith and what that might look like? Give me questions or comments, or do you guys just want to start playing this game? It's a lot of fun.
2: Thanks for sharing so much of your story <laughs> uh, between your husband, man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you guys put put your stuff out there, and uh, it's like you're really sharing your life with us. Oh, yeah, thanks. And it's, uh, I don't know how much I could be out there the way you are. I mean, it's, like, awesome. Thank
7: you. So, yeah, I
2: appreciate it.
7: It's all the Lord. Pretty man. cool,
2: pretty cool. It's all the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're telling kind of personal stuff, but, and, uh, and you're showing uh, faith, mm-hmm. too, you know. Yeah. And you're struggling with it, too.
7: Yeah, I, I think it's silly if you're, because I'm not perfect. <laughs> I still struggle with faith a lot. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm actually humbled by my dad, who I'm not sure if he's a believer or not. He's like, don't you have any faith? And I'm like, ah, you're right. <laughs> so I'm not good at faith, but thank you for saying that. It's, um, I share the, the, those things because the Lord's already done it. <laughs> it's not mine. It's his. Megan. Cool. Yeah, I just love going through this story because it's just
6: like when you see
3: but like, mm-hmm. obviously like, yeah. so they they
8: went to plan me, but I think it's like redeeming the fact that even though they did that, like, God stuck with them, they yeah. stuck with God ultimately, because I think we do the same thing. Like, it's like Oh, gosh. yeah. And I love it. Like you brought up, like you were waiting in all these different circumstances. Both of you brought that up and, you know, I can totally relate with that. I'm same exact level, waiting for a marriage, waiting for a house, waiting for kids. Yeah, definitely. I went through the with that a yeah. year ago and it was tough, but, and it's funny, like, each of those things, it does build on your faith, though. Like, each new thing you're know, yeah. waiting for, waiting to hear from God, it actually gets easier. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely found that, like, um, you know, when we were waiting to get pregnant, I was like, yeah, this is, it was hard, but, like, I could trust God through it. I'm like, I know this is going to happen sometime, somehow, but, yeah. And you know, it did, and it happened in a miraculous way. Like, it happened exactly when I prayed, it, it happened too. so it's like, yeah. God really answers prayers, but, Yeah, and I think in this season, we're kind of waiting. Um, We're really praying that Jeff gets a job so I can stay home with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, And right now, it's like, I don't know if that's going to happen or how. But I'm like, I know it's going to happen or, you know, God's going to provide for us some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not anxious. In the past, I would have been anxious. But because I've had these past experiences of, like, seeing God come through, I'm like, I don't need to worry that this is going to happen. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of freeing. And it's like, all
7: right, God, show me what's going to happen. It's not what expect. Right. And I, I think that's really beautiful that, you know, God doesn't necessarily tell us, like, I'm going to give you a pregnancy or I'm going to give you marriage or I'm going to give you those things. But we do have God telling us that he wants to give us the desires of our heart. He wants to give us those things. And um, having faith and trust in that, that, that God's going to provide something that we would not have ever considered for ourselves, which is really beautiful. Yeah. I know for me, I thought I was going to go back, be back in the classroom. That's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Like, I love teaching. I love working with those kids. But this is way more fulfilling than that. I never thought I would step out. But I did. And I'm so grateful I did. If you would talk to me, like, three years ago about, like, some people in this room have, about, like, staying home with Sophia or, like, not teaching, I would have been like, you're freaking crazy. No, of course I'm going back to the classroom. That's what I'm going to do. God is so funny because I did not. (laughs) And I'm really grateful that I didn't. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to work from home. And, like, my job's super easy. I'm really grateful for it. I know it's not going to last forever, but it's really, really, I'm really grateful for it. Um, But it's cool because God provided it in a way that I never would have seen coming. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah, Tim.
1: So this passage was essentially my mantra for years where it's like, Abraham had to wait thirty years for God to provide him the son that yeah. He promised. It's like for me, it was always about hoping that one day, like I would find the right person that I would get married and all that. Yeah. That uh, mm-hmm. I would always say, not yet. Yeah. like It never, no matter what I tried in person or online or whatever, it's like nothing ever felt right. It felt poor. It felt like I was trying to force it. It didn't seem right. So it's like yeah. Tell myself, like, not yet. Just waiting on God for the right time, the mm-hmm. right place, everything to provide the right person. But even like after we were dating, and I was hoping, oh, eh, now is the perfect time to propose and all that. And God again is kind of telling telling me, not yet. Like, yeah. Wait a little longer. Is like, <clears throat> and yeah, even the pandemic is like helped so much to put us in a place that we needed to be in yeah. order to be ready for marriage when. And came up, and it's like I'm so glad and grateful that I waited all those extra years, even if I didn't want to at the time. Yeah, trudge, but it worked out.
7: Selfishly, I'm grateful you waited because now we have Erica (laughs) in our home church. That's That's really cool. But like, that's so beautiful, Tim. Thank you for sharing that. And what's really cool about Abraham too is that part of this covenant he never really got to see fulfilled, but it was fulfilled. He never got to be in the promised land. Like he got to be there, but it wasn't his. Mm -hmm. You know, it was his descendants. um, But he knew it was going to happen, you know, and that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Tim. That's really cool. Kayla.
6: I thought you guys did a really good job um, explaining how good and gracious God is. um, And explaining how it's like human nature to not wait well. Um, or struggle with faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys shared, and a lot of people are sharing, and I think everyone has, you know, a, a situation where we didn't trust God or wait well or tried to take things into our own hands. Um, and God is still so good to us and so mm-hmm. high, um to bless us beyond what we deserve. Um, it's something that has just really been, um, brought up in my life a lot recently Mm -hmm. where I can relate with trying to take things into my own hands, trying to like having a plan and trying to make it happen on my time the way I want and, um, not trusting God, not including him in that. Yeah. And, um, it's just really encouraging, like people have said to think back on you know times where god has come through times where he's been so overly gracious and and giving me more than i deserved in the moment um like i'm not following you that great right now i'm not trusting you i'm trying to be my own god um but still like you're you're here with me and like everything good i have is from you i think is um just really helpful in, um, like you were saying, building that faith muscle. And um, I think you guys just really did a good
4: job. Thanks, Kayla. Yeah, um, thanks.
6: Really highlighting how good God is to us. Yeah. And we deserve.
4: For sure. I think just something that, as you we were talking, um, that I was thinking about was that, like, sometimes we don't see the time in between where, like, God was actually preparing us. Mm-hmm. For something like he prepared Abraham to become the father of nations and he had to grow to get to be able to handle that. So yeah. sometimes it's good to look forward and see what is God preparing for sure. For.
7: And how cool is it that like I don't know, this isn't something that I got to talk about in my teaching, but how cool is it that God used Abraham when Abraham was so old? Like he had been he had lived like a whole life, man. And like he had lived this life where he was worshiping this moon god. He l- l- grew up doing this, and yet he got to u- be used. I don't know. That's just really cool for me because sometimes, I, I don't know, I know I'm, I'm only 31, and I look back and be like, man, I just wasted so much of my life. But God can still use us in such cool ways. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really cool. So, anybody else? Um,
5: yeah, so, like, uh, it's interesting... The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, so we don't say he's the father of suffering. Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't advertise it that way. <laughs>
4: um, it's a good way to package it, though. Yeah.
5: And yet, that is
7: a lot of what happened. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
5: Right, and so God is at work in our suffering. Yeah. Uh, while we're chasing things that won't satisfy us, He's letting us see that they won't satisfy us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he brings us to a place where we're we're ready to come to him and say, "You will satisfy me." Yeah.
7: And
5: he does uh, in miraculous ways. He he, not the not the blessings he gives us, but hey, he's the blessing. Yeah. That yeah. we get, we get God. Uh, and some other stuff comes along for the ride, but what we we really get is a relationship with the Creator God, mm-hmm. deeper. Relationship with the greater God, we see Him in a new way. That hey, I was chasing this thing this whole, this whole time, not getting what I thought I wanted when all all along I wanted the wrong thing. Yeah, right. Right. And so God, in His mercy, um, lets us see for ourselves that that thing isn't going to satisfy, and that He will. Yeah. And so then He then He blesses us and He lavishes our satisfaction on us um, in Him. Yeah. And He's the the source of our satisfaction and our joy. Not the thing that he gives us. I mean, we think we want. Right.
4: But it's actually him. Definitely. I think that just really connects with the verse uh, fifteen one, where it's, I am your shield, I mm. am your great reward. Right. Like, he's the reward, just yep. like what you're talking about. Sure. So I think that's really cool.
7: Thank you for sharing that, Terry. Yeah. And thank you, Terry and John, for being my volunteers <laughs> and coming up and being silly. All right. If we don't have anybody else... Can I get someone to pray, us, pray for us, and then I'll close this down.
3: I can do it. Thanks, Brent. Lord, I want to um, thank you so much for um, just helping uh, Wendy and Lindsay uh, prep for the teaching this week, Lord, giving them some really cool, really powerful convictions to share with us, Lord. Um, and, Lord, I do just want to um, thank you for your grace. Thank you that it's... Um, it's so easy and it's so powerful and like, like we, we are able to grasp at your grace if we just simply ask for it and it's all on you Lord like, like they were saying in this teaching and stuff it's your unconditional love towards us it doesn't matter how much we mess up or like how far we fall Lord um, just like always blows my mind like when I actually take a moment to sit down and think about it Lord um, and also thank you for this um, story of Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac, Lord, uh, just really showing us, like, what could happen when you help us exercise our faith muscle, Lord, you, you break down that faith muscle and you build it up to be stronger, and, like, what the outcome is at the end, Lord. Um, so I just want to be lifting anyone up, up tonight who might be struggling with, like, this period of waiting, or, like, maybe that their faith muscle's getting torn right now and getting built up, Lord. Um, I don't really know, but um, you know, Lord, what's going on in people's hearts. I just pray that um, you can just be, um, I don't know, Lord, like helping us have cool, fun conversations tonight. Maybe like all of us can just be sharing about what the Lord's doing in our lives right now. And then I also want (coughs) to lift up. Justin's awful trivia, Lord, I think it is competitive when it comes to games, Lord, so I pray that, you
7: know, you can just help me realize anyone else who also might be a little competitive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, thank you so much um, for giving us Abraham, that we get to read about him, and that uh, you've given us an unconditional covenant, too, um, through your son, Jesus, Lord, and I just pray that if there's anybody here that doesn't know him or... Um, have a relationship with him that they would be considering that tonight and I also just really pray for uh just want to thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we can have a relationship with you thank you for being our reward lord um I know that I don't deserve it and uh I'm just so grateful that you've given me so much um and so I just pray lord that as we go forward this week that we could be considering what are those steps that you're calling us to take And uh, I pray that we would be willing to take those steps in faith
4: Mm
7: -hmm. and confidence in you, Lord. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.